Welcome to the future of what? I'm your host, Portia Sabin, president of the independent record label Kill Rockstars. As we all know, the music industry has become a harder and harder place for people to make a living, especially musicians. But one of the hardest things about being a musician is that it's one of those jobs in our culture that doesn't come with health insurance, a 401k, or a safety net of any kind. In 1989, the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences stepped into this gap by creating the Music Cares Foundation. NARIS is also known as the Recording Academy, or more generally, as the people who bring us the Grammy Awards. We're pleased to be able to speak today with the president of NARIS, Neil Portnow. Neil, thanks for joining us on The Future of What? My pleasure. Happy New Year, and nice to speak with you as well. Absolutely. So can you please start by telling us why the Music Cares Foundation was created and what it does? Well, Music Cares was created almost 25 years ago because we had found actually an interesting story. There was a clarinet jazz player named Woody Herman, very famous, very successful in terms of a great reputation, great career, and he had passed away. And the family did not have the financial wherewithal to take care of his funeral, which was really a a staggering thought and piece of information. And so it really resonated with the Academy at that point and started us to be thinking about, well, how does that happen? And what do people like that do? And what happens even in a, a bigger situation where Somebody has a financial need, a medical need, et cetera, et cetera. So we established Music Cares in 1989 to provide a safety net of support for members of the music industry in those times of financial, medical, and personal hardship. So in 2002, the Academy acquired the Musician's Assistance Program. Can you tell us about how that's different? Sure. Musician's Assistance Program, which is known as MAP, This is a charity that was founded in 1966 by a terrific guy by the name of Buddy Arnold. Buddy was a jazz musician for most of his career, and Buddy had his own personal issues and demons with addiction and managed to pull himself through that and fully recovered and decided to spend the rest of his career in helping other musicians and music people who had befallen that same terrible scourge of addiction and substance abuse. So he started this program, which was relatively small, but had a great impact in the music community. And when I started here at the Academy in 2002, I thought it would be terrific for us to combine forces, two plus two equaling five. Let's, since we do similar kinds of work, let's try to do this together. And so uh, in, 19, in 2004, uh, we formed the Music Cares MAP Fund, which was a merger of MAP with Music Cares, the portion of Music Cares that did substance abuse and, and addiction recovery. And we've continued to provide access to those services to music people in need ever since then. So, what kinds of things does Music Care Foundation cover? Well, you know, we cover all kinds of things. It could be you know, very simple, where let's say you're a musician and you've broken your foot and you can't go to work. You can't make the gig. And what are you going to do? You know, most musicians are independent contractors. They don't have insurance. They don't have regular pay situations. So you can come to Music Cares. It's confidential. It's anonymous. Nobody knows about this. So there's no embarrassing elements about it. And we could take care of your financial needs while your ankle is healing. That would be one idea. Of course, the substance abuse and addiction recovery is is the far other end of the spectrum where, in fact, we actually are saving lives, where we will step in and do whatever is necessary, whether it be interventions, placing people in situations where they can get rehabilitation and back on their feet and, you know, survive uh, that terrible chronic disease of addiction. So if there's a musician listening to this show today who needs help, how do they get connected with Music Cares? It's very simple. We have a website, which is musiccares.org. We have a page on that website, which is called 
who we are and contact information, and that will provide toll-free phone numbers to actually phone in, contact our staff, talk about your issues, and get us involved so that we can be helpful. And we encourage and hope that people do that to the extent that they have a need. That's what we're there for. And is anyone ineligible or is everybody eligible for this program? The guidelines are pretty broad for eligibility. It's basically five years of work in the industry. In other words, you know, we're talking about people who genuinely are engaged in the music industry. So this could be non-consecutive years. It could be, we also acknowledge credits on six records or CDs or videos. And the guidelines apply to any professional who works in the music industry, whether it's you're a bus driver or you're an engineer, songwriters, musicians, production crew, managers, label employees, etc. Wow, that's really far-reaching. I really, that's terrific to know. It is. We're very proud of it, by the way. Yeah, you should be. So can you share with us any particular success stories that you know about? Well, the success stories are realized really on a daily basis. When you think about this past year, for example, we have touched over 13,000 music people in the last year, and each one of those individuals had a unique situation that we addressed. That said, as I indicated a little earlier, this is a confidential service. So we make sure that people who receive the service know that it is confidential and stays with us. So therefore, we don't share specific stories on a regular basis unless we have permission from a client directly. But many of the clients go on to talk about this themselves on their own websites and so on and so forth. The other piece of information I think is important here is that in the last year, we reached a milestone of the charity providing the largest amount of financial aid in our history, which was over $4.5 million, and that includes $1.2 million specifically in addiction recovery aid. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. And you served over 13,000 people? Correct. Wow. That is, those are great statistics. Thanks. We're very proud of it. So how has the Affordable Care Act changed the landscape for musicians these days? Well, you know, many more individuals have access to affordable health care because of that, and it allows us to focus on basic living expenses or other needs when a music person's facing a major medical situation. So that's the good news, although even with access to insurance, premiums and co-pays can be a bit of a struggle for our clients to cover, and we offer assistance in that realm as well, and we also offer assistance in sort of navigating what that's all about in terms of the healthcare system and the details of that. We we actually do regular seminars and give information to our folks who want to help figure out how they qualify, what they can do, and we help them to, to understand all of that infrastructure. I often see concerts being given by musicians where it says that it's a benefit for music cares. So, you know, all the money made at the door or a portion made at the door will go to music cares. And I know that you guys have a gala fundraiser every year during Grammys week, which is your person of the year, right? Music care person of the year. Correct. So, you know, the big night, the music cares person of the year tribute, it's held two nights before the Grammy awards. And the idea is we honor an artist and we raise funds for music cares programs. We honor iconic artists who've made great contributions to to music, but who are also philanthropic themselves, which sort of defines a person of the year. And it's you know, it's our biggest night. Last year when we honored Bob Dylan, we raised in excess of seven million dollars for the charity that night. This year, it's the 26th anniversary, and our Music Cares Person of the Year is going to be honoring the incredible Lionel Richie for his career-spanning work in music, but also his charitable work. So we expect, well, let's put it this way, Lionel's hoping to break that record. He's a competitive guy, and he's talking about, <laughs> come on, let's, let's make even more for the charity than we ever have. So knowing him and how um, dedicated he is and knowing the kind of a night that it's become within the industry wouldn't surprise me if we reach that uh, milestone, and we hope so. Beyond that, there are many, many different events and activities, and just 
general contributions that come in, and it's very simple. That same website, musichears.org, you can check in on that at any time, and you'll find the details in order to make a contribution, which, of course, we would always welcome and greatly appreciate. Neil Portnow is the president of NARAS, that's the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, otherwise known as the people who bring us the Grammys. Neil, thank you so much for everything that you do and for being on The Future of What? Well, thanks, Portia, and we appreciate the coverage and the fact that you give us uh, another platform, another way to get to people so they understand the value of this wonderful organization. And we look forward to uh, seeing you Grammy week and wish everybody a happy new year. And thanks for your support for Music Cares. Thanks, Neil. Take care. That was Mind Whole by Numbers. If you're enjoying this program, please consider becoming a subscriber on Bandcamp. Just go to thefutureofwhat.bandcamp.com. To find out what's coming up next, follow us on Twitter at KRSFOW. Now back to the show. Music Cares and MAP both operate with complete confidentiality for their clients. It speaks well of both programs, therefore, that some of the people who've benefited from their services are willing to speak with us today. Michael Farr is a former musician and touring photographer. He has benefited from the Music Cares Foundation, and he joins us today. Michael, thanks for coming on The Future of What? Hello, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. So tell us how Music Cares helped you. Tell us your story. Okay, yeah, my story is I was in many bands here in Los Angeles, California, where I'm from. I grew up in L.A. and was, you know, super interested. Music was always kind of my master, so to speak, and I really, really thought that in some ways I would want to be in the music industry, and I didn't know which, and so I played in bands and got involved in photography, went to Art Center and got a degree in photography and started touring with bands and shooting pictures and found that to be great, and then, you know, the whole kind of aspect of sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind of came true for me. And the drugs, the drug part actually became a real problem for me. And so addiction kind of just really got a hold of me. And, you know, it, it just really became the, the life challenge that, you know, I experienced. We all have challenges, and that one was mine. And it kind of just took me to some pretty bad places. And I was introduced to Music Cares because I was at a crossroads, and they offered to help me. That's fantastic. And how many years ago was that? That was over 10 years ago. And what had happened was my addiction had led me into incarceration. And I had gotten out of, I had been released from prison and I had literally nowhere to go. And I was sober at the time and I had resigned myself to recovery. I, I had had some experience in the recovery process prior to a relapse and and I just was kind of I was just really bewildered and I had literally no place to go. I went I went to a a donut shop 
that was across the street from where I was released and I was wearing some other inmates clothing and I had zero money. And the guy, I guess, was used to that scene coming towards him and very sweet gentleman. And he said, I'll give you some donuts and I'll give you enough money to make a phone call. You know, will that help? And I said, sure. And I called, I, I had had an experience with a guy named Harold Owens at Music Cares. Prior to that, he was just a gentleman on a phone. I never met him. I just knew him by telephone and he was the sweetest guy and he just had this calm demeanor, but he also knew what I was going through. He had a similar experience as me and, and had conquered it. And I just I couldn't get him out of my head. And I just thought, man, I'm going to call this guy, you know, Harold. And, you know, I, I had kept in contact with him for some reason. It was just a weird thing. And I, I liked him and I didn't know him, but I wanted to talk to him. And there were occasions where, you know, during my relapse, life was okay, and I would call him, and life was bad, and I would call him, and he kind of was just walking hand in hand with me in a, in a really kind of strange manner. And so I did. I called him. I used that money and gave him a call, and he was happy to hear from me and asked me a few pertinent questions, you know, basically, am I willing to do what it takes to, to get sober again? And and I said, yes, I was, and and he helped me. You know, he got me into a sober living that night, actually, he asked me if I could get to L.A. I was in Ventura at the time, and I said, I'll do, I'll do anything it takes, you know, and got to Los Angeles. He told me to go to a meeting, a 12-step meeting, and I did that, and then he said, I got you a, a bed at this place in L.A., and you know, they, they took care of me. They, they paid my rent for some time so I could get, you know, my feet under me and, you know, kind of shake off being incarcerated and also, you know, just kind of starting a whole new life, and that's actually, you know, they they did that for me, and I promised that I would I would somehow return that to them, and been fortunate enough to be able to do them and and represent them in the way that I do now. How do you represent them now? Tell us about that. Yeah, so you know, during during the course of my recovery, I started working in a production for format. I needed to kind of put the the guitar down and the camera down. It was sort of driven by ego and I, I that was a, that was something that was problematic for me in my recovery I, I couldn't kind of access that right away I needed I needed to just walk away from it and let it come back so I started working in production because I still love music and I met a few people that were sober who were working in certain festivals and stuff I started working for Coachella and then started hosting meetings backstage with Music Cares at Coachella we have a VIP safe harbor room and for musicians and crew. And that evolved into, so I was hosting meetings there every summer during show days, and it was great. We had really good turnouts, and it's been getting more and more popular as the years go on. I've been with the Coachella Festival now. This will be my ninth year this year. And, and anyway, what happened was that evolved into Kevin Lyman, who runs the band's Warp Tour. He had noticed that he needed organically there was meetings happening on his tour and he thought it would be a good idea to just make it a real thing. So he called music cares and said, Hey, you know, I'd like to start a meeting out here. I'd like to get somebody who's, you know, used to touring and, and, you know, good with, you know, the young people and also kind of has, you know, you know, <laughs> would be willing to kind of get his ass kicked out on the road <laughs> and, and be a sober companion, you know, be a kind of a sober counselor on the tour for people who are sober and want to stay that way. And also for people who, you know, he would see a lot of people who had problems and know where to go. So my hat got, my, my name got thrown in that hat and I became the, <laughs> the winner. <laughs> so to speak. And I've been doing that now for six years. So I go out on the road and I, I represent Music Cares, and I tell the kids what it's about and what we do, and then I also have meetings every night of the tour, and I'm available for people who have, you know, all kinds of different addiction problems. It's not just drugs and alcohol, it turns out. There's a lot of other things going on that relate to the process that I've gone through to kind of find who I am and find some self-love and and stop the, you know, stop the self-hate, you know, the destruction and of myself and a lot of kids have that going on you know whether they're cutters or whether they're using drugs or whether they're you know eating problems or sex addictions or whatever it kind of it kind of just goes across the board and 
it's amazing. I've found, you know, somehow this curse that I had prior to getting sober turned into a blessing and an asset. So I'm able to help people and I do that through Music Cares and it's really, really amazing. Michael, that's so inspirational. It's such a beautiful story. I'm so grateful that you shared it with us. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. I'm glad that I got to talk to you today. Thank you so much. Thanks for what you do and keep doing. And yeah, I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have hope. And I know that if I can do it, if I can change my life, which was basically just about to be gone, you know, anybody can. I'm not special. I'm not exceptional in any way other than I just know it's possible. And, you know, I think that's a message that people need to hear is that they're not alone and there's people that will love them until they learn to love themselves, you know? So that's what I try to do. Fantastic. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time so much. Yeah, I appreciate you too. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks for coming on The Future of What. You're welcome. You're listening to The Future of What. If you're enjoying this program, like us on Facebook and become a subscriber at thefutureofwhat.bandcamp.com. And thanks. Jennifer Witt is the Artist Relations and Hospitality Coordinator with the Wanderlust Festival Brands. Jennifer, welcome to The Future of What? Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for being here and thanks for sharing your story with us. Would you like to just dive right in and and tell us how Music Cares helped you? Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't even aware that Music Cares kind of existed until... You know, because I, I, before I got onto Wanderlust, I, I worked freelancing for a lot of festivals. So while I was working Coachella, I learned about Music Cares because they were running the sober meetings backstage. And I had just recently started on my path of sobriety, and it was a, a tremendous resource to me. And then as I became more familiar with the people that worked with Music Cares, I started to learn the other services that they provided for people in the music industry. So that's how I became familiar with Music Cares. And what did they do for you? Oh, my gosh. They saved my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I had had an accident and broke a tooth, and they put on half of a fake tooth. So for all of my life, you know, I've had half of a fake tooth. And I guess about two years ago, I started getting infections in my gums, and I couldn't figure out what it was, what was going on. You know, I've never had a cavity. Very, I'm kind of anal about dental hygiene. So I went to a dentist and they said, well, what's happening is where that initial fracture was, it's kind of refracturing. The cement is breaking open. So bacteria is getting inside of it and you're getting, uh, this is a really sexy story, isn't it? <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're, you're getting these infections in your gums and here's how we, you know, here's what we need to do. We need to do a root canal and this and that and the other. And I was uninsured at the time. So, uh, you know, a root canal is thousands of dollars. I decided to go to dental schools. And for about a year, what I kept doing, which I do not recommend to anyone, I think I put myself through a lot more suffering than was necessary, but I kept going in and getting partial root canals. And then they would say, okay, come back and get get, get it completed. But I never had the money to do that at the time. So then I would just wait until it would get reinfected again. I would go back in and I was going to have to do this again. You know, and that happened three times. And finally, you know, a friend of mine who works with Music Cares said, why don't you just apply and see if, if they can help you out? And I went through the application and they did, they gave me the money to actually get the entire thing completed and, you know, to get all the other necessary dental work done as well. And my mouth has been very happy since June. <laughs> wow. So this is recent. This is a recent story. Very recent. Yeah. Oh very gosh. recent. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fantastic. That's incredible. And that's a really good story for our listeners to hear because... You know, we just spoke to Michael Farr, who you may know from the backstage sober meetings because he runs those on Warp Tour yeah. and also at Coachella. So, you know, he he covered the sort of addiction portion, which is more what you think when you think, you know, rock and roll and the lifestyle and everything. But the truth is exactly like your situation. I mean, everybody has these crazy things happen to them. You just never know. It's such a tremendous resource because, it, uh, you know, music cares understands that there are things that people in the industry run up against and not having insurance is kind of a, when you're freelancing a lot, you, even if you're a musician or, or working production or any kind of aspect of it, you run up against these things and recovery is a tremendous resource, but there are also other things that, you know, people kind of need help with and they address that as well, which is a really beautiful thing about the organization. The more I learn about music cares, 
the more fascinated I am with the work that they do. Yeah, it's it's really impressive to me too. And I feel like they do so much of it under the radar. You know, people don't know so much about it, which is why we're doing this radio show. We want to try to increase the visibility a little bit, you know, so that maybe some people listening will be like, oh, hey, I have, you know, a tooth yeah, that's rotting out of my head. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe I could get some help. <laughs> this is my moment of fame. This is what I'm <laughs> Right, the non-sexy Forever. version of, of making your way to fame, right? <laughs> Right. <laughs> but if you can help somebody else, then it's totally worth it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jennifer, do you want to say anything else about your experience or Music Cares? I guess I'm really grateful that they are in existence and that they, you know, are kind of so selflessly doing what they do to help people. It really, especially in these times, at least I can only speak for myself, but I can look around at what's happening on the planet and get rather cynical and start to feel rather powerless and kind of hopeless. And then those small but very significant actions that people do in service kind of puts things back into perspective and you remember that there is love and graciousness out there and people really do care. So I just want to say thank you to Music Cares because it kind of reopened my my mind and my eyes and my heart to that. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and for being on The Future of What. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That was Vibrational Match by Marnie Stern. Andrew Jocelyn is a composer, orchestrator, and violinist who lives in Seattle, and he joins us on the phone now. Andrew, welcome to the future of what? Thank you so much for having me, Portia. So today we're talking about Music Cares and MAP and all the great stuff that they do, and I know that they have helped you out. So can you share your story with us? Yeah, absolutely. So... A little bit more background about me. So yes, composer, arranger, and violinist, but I do a lot of scoring work for different artists as well. And I mean, just to name a few, I worked with Mark Lanigan, Macklemore, and Judy Collins. And I'm also on the board for the Pacific Northwest Grammy chapter. And my relationship with Music Cares, for the longest time, I, I didn't really understand the program or I didn't know much about it. But at the beginning of 2015, my apartment burned down <laughs> while I was away down in California visiting my sister in San Rafael. And it was it was a very particularly traumatic and devastating fire just because it's like my girlfriend and I at the time, but we were both independent musicians. So taking time off work means you're not getting paid. And especially when you're dealing with something that devastating, you know, we lost albums that, you know, you sell independently. I had lost scores of music that I can't replace just because it was all handwritten and, you know, old recordings and equipment. And, you know, the one thing that's difficult is a lot of musicians, they don't realize with insurance that you have to insure your musical instruments and your musical gear separately uh, away from renter's insurance. (laughs) Renter's insurance refuses to cover anything that's even remotely business related. I did not know that. That's good that you're telling us that. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I've learned in the process of that. So I have my own music studio where I do like my scoring and stuff. So it was kind of like a no brainer to, you know, insure all that equipment. But when the fire happened, so lost everything and also lost my cat, which was, I think that was like the emotional, that was the emotional fallout that was just like really hard to deal with. And, 
with all of that, literally, I was dealing with insurance attorneys because it was a situation where it was a it was essentially negligence on behalf of the landlord wow. that the fire happened. Oh wow! So. So in that situation, I'm dealing with attorneys, I'm dealing with so many things, and I'm having to take time off from work, and essentially my my one way of making money, being a musician, to handle, you know, all the, <laughs> essentially the nuclear fallout from this fire. Right. So the thing that was incredible is, you know, one of my fellow board members with the Grammy Foundation was insistent that I talk to Music Cares, and... You know, for a while, I was just like, no, 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 I got to handle this. Like, I, you know, it's fine, it's fine. I'm going to let the insurance kind of run its process and do what it's supposed to do, which actually turned out to be one of the most disappointing things is just insurance. Like I said, they wouldn't cover a lot of musical equipment. Another thing with insurance, especially with renter's insurance, is the coverage doesn't cover the property it covers all the services in reclamation of that property. Hmm. So for example, like if you have cleaners come in the clean smoke damage of all your books that comes out of the property coverage. So maybe you have $50,000 worth of property that you can, you know, get back. But if like, you know, the cost of services is like 40,000, it's like, Oh, you're only going to get $10,000 worth of stuff back. Wow. So, Anyway, like just just the sheer amount of stuff I had to deal with and learn, especially as an independent musician on top of like trying to keep my business going. And I think the thing that was difficult is during that time, I, you know, I, I lost out on two very large clients that I was doing orchestral work for their albums. And, you know, each were like 10K plus gigs and I couldn't, I couldn't do them because literally I was handling insurance paperwork, talking to attorneys and, you know, talking to fire inspectors about the fire. <laughs> oh my God. So I, I reached out to music cares and I was skeptical at first. Cause I was like, I don't know what they're going to be able to do for me or uh, how they're going to be able to help. So I just kind of just ran with it and was like, well, you know, let's, let's see what they can do. So I called them up and the, the great thing is the, the application process was really quick and easy. And essentially, they just want to confirm that you are either a full-time musician or a significant portion of your income is professionally derived from music. Right. So, and I it, uh, obviously fit the bill. And they were able to, essentially, w- with my whole situation, they were able to cover essentially living costs. They were able to help me, like, rebuild, get just, like, normal, like, food uh, housewares, you know, like I went to Macy's and like Target and just like Ross to pick up like new bed sheets and random stuff. And they're like, okay, just give us your credit card statements and we'll reimburse you for anything that's directly related to you rebuilding your house and rebuilding your home. Wow. So, you know, depending on the situation, they'll kind of value it at like, hey, we can help you with up to this much money. And then you know, so that was like immediately just super helpful. It's like, oh my God, okay, thank you so much. Cause it's like all my money was tied up in, you know, trying to figure out where we were living and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, it was just, it was incredible having that service immediately available, especially to musicians where it's like, when you're independent, you're, you know, it's, there's no, real, you know, benefits on the side other than getting free tickets to shows and you can, you know, you get, you get, you can, you can tour with, do really cool stuff. But like in terms of just like job security or like actual job benefits, it's like, you're not, you know, you're not getting health benefits and stuff uh, unless you're paying out of pocket for it. So anyway, like having, having a service like music cares readily available was like completely invaluable. And then I think after that, the thing, the, so that was like the initial help that music cares really gave me. But I think the real, real thing that helped me this last year was, you know, it was a lot of processing, you know, to deal with that loss and just like, you know, as an independent musician, just, you know, you're, you're dealing with so many topsy turvy, you know, things just in regards to money as a, as a freelancer that, you know, having three months of not working because I'm trying to deal with insurance and stuff was like really hard. So they actually set me up with like a therapist that kind of helped talk me through stuff to kind of help process like everything I was dealing with. And 
I, they covered all of it. Wow. Every, you know, every, every single session that I went to, like, I think that alone, like, I mean, that just, I, I think it just astounded me that like they literally, I would just go and music cares was like, yep, that's totally fine. We'll just pick up the bill. We got you, you know, whatever you need to do to get back on your feet, like mentally, physically, and financially, we, we, we got you. So that is awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And since then I've just been a, an absolute advocate for music cares because there, there, there's no, like, you don't have to be a Grammy member. You don't have to, you just have to be a musician. So it's like, there's been friends of mine that have gotten car accidents and they can't play anymore, or there's this, or there's so many people that over the course of the last year that they've gotten into pretty bad situations. And I just immediately like, Hey, here's the, the, the number for music here is just give them a call that like you have nothing to lose. Like, I never want to sound like I'm, it, it always kind of sounds kind of creepy when you're like, Oh, call this service. But it's like, honestly, the it's, it's such a great foundation that it's like, I, you know, I, I'm, maybe I'm not selling it well enough, but it's, <laughs> it's just, they're, they're really good people. And that, I mean, I can't, I can't thank them enough for how they helped me through my weird gear. <laughs> that is, that's wonderful. No, I think you're doing a great job of selling them. And, you know, that's what we're doing on this show today is we're really trying to talk to a lot of people who've been helped in several different ways so that people, musicians out there can understand that, you know, it's not just drug rehab. It's not just if you get sick. There's actually so many things that happen to people that Music Cares can help with. Right. So I think your story has been terrific, and thank you so much for sharing it with us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Andrew Jocelyn is a composer, orchestrator, and a violinist who lives in Seattle. Andrew, thanks so much. Thank you. Plus 81 by Deerhoof. Scott Patterson is a tour manager and he joins us today. Thanks for being with us on the future of what, Scott? 
Ah, thanks for having me. I appreciate you asking. So today we're talking, as you know, about Music Cares and all the work that they've done helping people out. And you have been a recipient of what they do. So we wanted to hear your story. The short story is I went in and had a physical, my first annual physical. And lo and behold, they came back and told me about, it took about three months after they didn't believe the test results were correct. So they had given me a couple rounds of antibiotics. And they thought I had a virus. We had just come off a fantastic work period. I used to do property rentals up in Sundance. We just played a show. The band had just played. And we were just at the Super Bowl. Me and some friends watching the Super Bowl in Arizona. I felt fantastic. But then those test results came back and they told me I had cancer. Wow. So, yeah. It was a little surprise, you know? Yeah. So... You know, it was a much longer story. Actually, while we were in Arizona at the Super Bowl, went to a gifting lounge, sat down at one of those aura readers. I was with a bunch of friends, and everybody was having their aura read as we were getting free stuff that we didn't need, of course. And the woman who was running the aura machine after she tested me came over and asked me to sit with her. And she's like, listen, how do you feel? Are you okay? I said, no, why are you asking? I feel great. She goes, because your reading came back. Everybody else's was white and blue, and mine came back really dark red. <laughs> She's, she had really caused her concern. She, at the moment, looking back, I hmm. She really put the kind of scare into me, but she's like, are you under a lot of stress? Or are you having some health problems? I said, no, I'm fine. I'm great. I'm working a lot. But... So even then, that woman checking my aura in early February could tell something was wrong. Wow. And lo and behold, that's how the process started. And unfortunately, they didn't catch it really soon. It was, I had, if I had gone to the doctor a year earlier, it would have been a much more easier process, but that's not what happened. And so I had to embark on this journey of recovery by, you know, going to all the, you got to get first, second, third opinions when it's kind of in advanced stages because the treatment stuff can be permanent. Mm. You know, they doctors love to say that, hey, I'm going to save your life. But I think we all would agree a quality of life is can be almost just as important. Right. And that's how it began, you know. And would you, they, what else would you like to know about it? Because I could talk for hours. <laughs> well, what exactly did Music Cares do for you? When when did they step in at that? You know, at what point? This I I you know I can be honest I don't know what, why I did this, and but it saved my life. I started going to all these doctor appointments and they all started painting, unfortunately, kind of a bleak picture that you're not probably going to survive this more than three to five years. And this, oh, you're in trouble. And you're really young. I have prostate cancer. You're really young, but you're in, you're, uh, what do they call it? You're a high cancer risk. And because of all that, I had to do the second, third opinions. I had to do all this. Exploring. I went home one day and I wrote an email. And this is before I got diagnosed positive. And because I didn't know what was going to happen. So I just wrote an email to a bunch of my music friends and buddies and stuff. I just wanted to let them know how much I felt about them, cared about them, and how much I've enjoyed the last couple of years. Because I didn't know how I was going to respond. And I didn't know what was going to happen if I had cancer. I wasn't worried about dying yet. I was just worried about if I was going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this email to a bunch of friends, and I just said, hey, I may have cancer, and this is going on. And I'm like, much I love, love you. And because I wrote that, I got this enormous response and people started talking about it and people started making recommendations for doctors and people started making, reaching out to people and, hey, did you know so-and-so? It's easy. One of my buddies who was in the band Deadsy, who I tour manage, called me and said, hey, you know Mark McGrath, his best friend from grammar school has had a cancer at Cedar. Can I call McGrath for you? I said, yeah. I had worked with McGrath and toured with McGrath over the years and that's how it started, and that's how Music Cares became aware of what was happening. So the other side of that is I was working with this amazing group of musicians that play shows. They decided to put on a benefit for me at the Viper. And it's just kind of odd, actually, to producing the event and being the tour manager for it at the same time that the event for me. It made it very public. <laughs> yeah, <Right. kind> of weird. <laughs> they were like, dude, we'll play the show, but you have to be the tour manager. I was like... Oh, okay. Let me produce my own charity event. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it turned out great. And it sold out. And all these amazing musicians came down and played for free. She's all this money in the five at auction. But, you know, I'm like most Americans, especially then, I'm underinsured. 
even though I have been successful for a number of years, I've had money in the bank, I've had no outstanding debt, and, I could, and everything was fine. But when it came down to it, I was underinsured. <laughs> Literally six months prior, I downgraded my insurance from full coverage to catastrophe. Oh, wow. Because I read an article on some money website saying at my age, I've survived the childhood diseases. I'm too young for any old man diseases. More than likely, if I need a doctor, it's going to be from an accident. Oh, my God. I'm going to crash my motorcycle. I'm going to get a car wreck. So doing those <laughs> second and third opinions wiped me out. I was averaging five doctor appointments a week sometimes. And I had to pay for every single one. When I got into treatment, the chemo, the radiation, the drug program, the surgery, that was paid for for my insurance. But all the appointments wasn't. They were all 350 or 500 and I got lucky because I wrote that email. People started talking about it. You know, it's tough for me, I guess, most people to ask for help and then have to admit that I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I was okay for so long. I came from a successful family. I'd always had a good job. I always worked. I always loved working. I've always been in music from 19, since I was 19 years old, working for managing the concert promoters, producing events. And that's how it started. Music Cares got aware of what I was doing and they contacted me. And it was a lifesaver because even though I still had a little of my own money, what I was learning was like, hey, you're going to have chemo for three months. So you're not going anywhere for four months. Right. And it wasn't the, it was, you know, it is, it, it is, I make my money by work, you know, I don't have a grocery store. I'm selling stuff at night. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It will work. And so that was it. It was going to be zero income. And even I needed money. The benefit allowed me to go. I went through treatment for almost two years. And the benefit money and music cares allowed me to be at home while I was in chemo. Then I went to radiation for 47 trips. You go five days on, two days off. And all I would do is someone had to drive me 47 times because I would get sick. Oh, wow. I couldn't drive a car. Yeah. So... You know, Music Cares, they paid one, of, they paid, I think, one or two of my doctors directly, you know? And even though I mean, I had these great relationships with my doctors, start going to people every single day and start seeing them and we build relationships with them, and, but they still want to be paid. <laughs> They're funny like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Music Cares stepped in, man, and they wrote these checks directly to my doctors, which even my doctors were like, what? You know? And it was substantial. Wow. And it allowed me to go through treatment. Without that, I wouldn't have been, if those guys wouldn't have done that benefit, and I wouldn't, music cares wouldn't have paid those bills, I wouldn't be, have the privilege of sitting home for four months while I'm in treatment. You know, I don't know. I honestly don't know what I would have done. That's what makes Music Cares really special. And, and that's what I think this show is really, everyone we've talked to has a different story. And it's so inspiring to hear because you forget when people get sick, it is the the car rides to and from radiation and chemo. It is the it's the little things, you know. It's not it's not yeah, just a big lump check or something. Yeah, you know, it it, it was so simple. I wasn't going grocery shopping, and I had a dog. Thank God I had the dog, but they would come and walk my dog. They wow. wouldn't even talk to me, which was great. They would just <laughs> let themselves in and look at me and go. You know, good to see you and walk the dog and come back. But they would have food delivered to my house. Oh, wow. You know? And it was that thing of I sent that email and started talking about it. And, you know, the musicians are amazing people that they are. And many, many other of my friends. They just rallied for me, you know? And because when you don't talk to cancer patients or patients that have had an illness that can be life-threatening and have to go long-term treatment, like I would, go, a buddy would come give me a ride for chemo, and I would see him a, a month later. He goes, "How are you doing? Everything great?" I'm like, uh, "Dude, I'm still in chemo treatment." <laughs> you know, he's like, "Wait a second, I can't give you a ride a month ago." I go, "Yeah, that's how it is, man. This is three months, and then I'm in recovery you now." Right. So you're right. People don't you don't understand it unless you've gone through it. Now, since I've been in remission and been cancer-free for a couple of years, I've done my best to help as many other people as I can, and I go with them to their cancer appointments, and I go with them to treatment, and I talk to them, and I realize constantly that none of them have gotten the attention and care 
and caring out of, you know, and service out of people that I've got. You know, none of them had a benefit played for them by a bunch of great rock star musicians. You know, none of them, none of them had music cares to help them. And it reminds me of like, wow, you really got lucky, dude. You really got lucky, you know. So, you know, without music cares, I honestly don't know how it would have played out. You know, yeah. it's kind of, you know, we all know about how the healthcare system works in America and how really non-existing it is. And, you know, it's an unfortunate thing, but more money, better treatment, better service, you know? Yeah. I, you know, I burned through a couple hundred K of my own second, third opinion. If I didn't have that money, I couldn't have gone to those appointments because they're all, you arrive, you pay us. Yeah. There's no credit. <laughs> no credit. Yeah. So that's how, you know, and I, you know, I try to do whatever I can in return for them as well, whenever I can. Absolutely. Because it really has been, you know, it's a difficult road. It's the two years, year and three quarters in treatment and then another solid year of getting over all the side effects. And, you know, I think even during, after that, they paid for doctor bills. I think at one time they actually helped me cover my rent. Wow. You know, years later, mm-hmm. you know. Wow. Because it was kind of a double whammy. It happened in 2008, so the economy was crashing. <laughs> so it was like, okay, so now nothing's worth nothing, and you can't get a job, and I'm too sick to go to work, and okay, so. Wow. That yeah, so even years later, it was like, I had a premonition once it was all over. I went to an appointment two years later, and they said, yeah, you're cancer-free. You're not cured. You can't tell you're cured, but you're cancer-free. Treatment, chemo, radiation, all this drug program took about a year, two years to wear off. Your health will gradually come back. I knew that day. I went home by myself, and I had one of those uncontrollable crying, you know, <laughs> bawling <laughs> sessions. I knew that day. I go, now it's really going to get bad. Yeah. Because I don't work. I work 30 days in two years. <laughs> you know, I depleted everything, you know. Those are one of the bigger struggles is the financial stuff. Is how do you carry on if you don't have a way to, to make that compensation? So, you know, it's, America could do much better on treating its citizens with health care if every other nation that's industrialized like we are is able to take care of their citizens, you know? Absolutely. My two cents. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. So other than that small thing I'm using care has helped me save my life, <laughs> allow me to... <laughs> I really don't have anything good to say about it. <laughs> well, Scott Patterson, we're so glad we got a chance to talk to you. Your story is amazing and inspiring, and uh, congratulations, and we're glad you're still around. Thank you very much. And that's our show. The music we played today was used by permission. You heard Numbers, Marnie Stern, Deerhoof, and of course, our theme song, Mind Your Own Business by the Delta Five. If you have a question you want answered on the show, please email us at thefutureofwhatshow at gmail.com. Our episodes are archived at killrockstars.com slash thefutureofwhat. And you can subscribe to our podcast on Bandcamp. Follow us on Twitter at KRSFOW. Our program was engineered by Brent Asbury at Beta Petrol and is produced by Will Watts and Anna McLean. I'm Portia Sabin, president of Kill Rockstars. See you next week. Yeah, no, no, no.